0: Special guest today. It's Matt Ralph, uh, famous from his work with the Brotherly Game and, of course, other things before that. But uh, that's how I know you, Matt. And uh, some news has popped up recently and then disappeared. And um, it came from a Philly kind of a place. And so I, of course, went straight to you. Uh, I'm, of course, talking about um, the fact that Aaron Hurd popped up for a second as being part of uh, the St. Louis SC, St. Louis City SC academy that was about to be announced and today that announcement is happening and has come out and we can talk about it finally right and so I wanted to bring you in because you knew stuff about him immediately saw your name on a few articles and so um, yeah let's first of all welcome it's nice to chat with you again but uh, maybe you can fill us in on Aaron Hurd a little bit.
1: Great well it's it's good to be here Phil and uh, you know to talk about St. Louis soccer a new team that's coming in and it's exciting just to hear, you know, obviously these teams come in and they have different ideas about how to build their club, about how to build their brand. And it's exciting to kind of see how St. Louis city is going about like building the Academy Um, because obviously here in Philadelphia, we've seen so much success from that model. And just in, in terms of like just Academy success, like not even talking about the first team and how it's impacted what that's meant in terms of, how it's raised the level of youth development here in our region, uh, how it's, you know, produced, you know, some great players for the first team, but also f- for college programs and other teams, like you see with uh, Tomas R- R- Romero right now in LAFC. And, you know, so Aaron Heard it's, you know, it's interesting because, um, you know, when Aaron came to the academy uh, two years ago now, you know, I was, I was kind of torn about him because he's so young. <laughs> and I, you know, I generally don't like to talk about players that are, you know, pre, uh, full field players. Um, so generally I don't, uh, you won't hear me talking about U12 players or U11 players or yeah. U10 or I'm at, we can talk about my son and how he's developing, I guess he's five, but, uh, <laughs> I just, you know, I, I feel, a little. it feels a little uncomfortable to really, uh, certainly to hype a player who's so young. Uh, but, you know, Aaron came in and he, he was playing a couple age groups up already with the U15s and, he's the type of player when you see him play, you're like, you kind of throw that out the window a little bit. Cause you're just, you know, I'm like, don't hype up a kid. Don't hype up a kid. And then you watch him play and you're like, Holy cow, this kid mm. has a lot of, a lot of the tools. And even before he came and I saw him, you know, I, I, I uh, you know, this time every, every summer, I kind of do a story on, you know, who are the new recruits to the Academy and, who's coming in and I talk with the, you know, the talent ID guy, uh, John Shearer, who's a, who's a great guy to talk to. And, um, you know, he's very passionate about his work and he loves to talk about the new players that he's gotten into the Academy. And, nice. uh, you know, Perfect. Uh, obviously it's not just him, but you know, he's, he's sort of the, can be the spokesman for that. And, uh, it's really is a club wide effort. I mean, all these recruits that come in, uh, pretty much, you know, get a chance to go to first team training. They meet, uh, head coach, Jim Curtin, you know it's really kind of a, a whole like they have a whole process for how they bring in players mm-hmm. and so uh, you know it's kind of immediately you know this is one we're really really excited about and yeah. you know coming from coming from maryland he was a, a player with bethesda sc which is one of the regional independent clubs here that's really just a great club they've produced a lot of really wonderful players um you, you see them you know on college you know d1 college rosters you'll you'll see players that have moved on to mls academies from that club so you know kind of came in with a good pedigree and was already playing up and you know sometimes like i think we do tend to uh you know hype up players because they're playing up a couple of (laughs) groups naturally yeah Uh, but you know he clearly for the beginning like i said he fit in and it was just really really exciting player to watch and you know, a lot of times, like academy players too, it's like, oh, this kid scored a bunch of goals, and that's great. Uh, but he's not um, like Aaron was a type is a type of player from what I've seen who scores goals like not because he's a goal scorer, but just because he's like, I mean, he's kind of like uh, he's just got such a great work rate. He's all over the field. He, yeah. um, you know, he's able to, uh, you know, he's just he really is like a box to box midfielder who has just a, a huge like just such a great motor. And, you know, for, again, for his age, like, he just, he's shown so much uh, maturity and, uh, you know, he's just very, you know, you know, he's not, you know, it's like, I, you know, you compare him maybe to like Jamiro Montero <laughs> nice, yeah. that type of player, right, where these guys who, who just kind of keep their head down and, and just, you know, get, get the job done. so. Yeah, yeah. here's a
0: here's a quote, actually, uh, that Stewart found online. Uh, Box to box was able to control the midfield against older kids, very poised and played well within himself. The kind of flashy that entirely comes from his play and not how he carries himself. You know who wrote that one? sounds like something I'd say (laughs) yeah that's you wrote that I thought it was well phrased it was really cool we were talking about him and I I think one of the I was like what who can we compare him to you kind of said like a Moses Nyman but maybe better you know higher ceiling even I thought that was interesting
1: yeah I mean Moses is a player that I just uh, you know uh, he's one of my favorite young players yeah I mean he's agreed again like a similar thing where the first you know there had been a fair amount of hype about him before I saw him play and you know, I, I got to see him play in um, the UGA Cup against the Union. And then, uh, the, you know, I went out to see FC, him play against FC Delco. And, you know, again, like some of these kids get hyped up and you're like you, – you, your first look at them is like, okay, like he's like half the size of everyone else.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: and like it's natural, right? And then you're like, oh. And then you see them like, – a similar thing with Moses. You see him on the ball. You see just his intelligence. And it's just like, oh, wow, this – this guy is special. Now you see him at the MLS level and, you know, just how, um, how in command he is as such a young player is really impressive. So, um, definitely kind of like, uh, you know, in terms of like positioning and again, that, that, you know, whatever you want to call it, that, um, it factor, or whatever it's, it's yeah. definitely there in terms of, you know, um, obviously the talent and stuff, but then, with a lot of these players, right, it, it comes down to like the, the the development plan and like what is the plan for, you know, a player. Because you know, again, following the Union Academy, you know, for probably about seven years now, really closely, you know, you, you there's a lot of players that come through that have, you know, have a you know that kind of jump off off the page, and then it's you see, unfortunately, a lot of times it's forwards, right? They just don't they don't they don't develop, right? Forwards. Mm are really really hard to develop in this country and probably around the world that's why they get paid so much but uh, so you'll see players who are bigger who score like 30 goals and then the rest of the kids catch up to them and then yeah. Yeah. they're like you see okay well there were some deficiencies elsewhere that weren't really addressed so um you know certainly in this country you know the development of player like you know, central midfielders is Something we're we're finding some success with now. So, yeah.
0: um, it's Especially yeah, his yeah. type of position. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. He, um, you mentioned earlier that he's from Bethesda FC in Maryland, and his he's listed on our our roster that drops today um, as being from Virginia. So obviously that's not in the Philly homegrown area, and so I want to talk about that. Uh, because obviously Philly is a great model for an academy, of course. We want to kind of copy a lot of those kind of things uh, if we had our choice here as fans in St. Louis. And it's interesting. Can you talk to me about how Philly has brought people in from not just the U.S., but like all over the world, right, to bring into their academy and claim them as homegrown someday? It looks like St. Louis is kind of, you know, we're going to be ruthless in the same kind of way if you want to if you want to phrase it that way. And I'm curious, um, can you kind of tell us, you know everything about Philly. I'm curious about some of those examples or, or how they go about it. Um, you mentioned Jim Curtin going about bringing people in earlier, too. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, the recruiting the recruiting aspect is one that, you know, probably it was probably Kansas City that first sort of came on the radar for this. Uh, yeah. The new, obviously, new North
0: Carolina boys, right?
1: Yeah. And so, well, even before that was Soloy, mm. right? I mean, being an exchange student and a lot of people around the league are oh, like, wow. what, you know, kind of looking at Peter Verbees, like what fast one is he pulling with this exchange student homegrown? Um So that was sort of like you saw Kansas city kind of leading a little bit of the charge of that, but all, all along, actually, Philadelphia has been, it's been uh, since early in their full-time Academy days because their first, their first sort of toe in the water with this in 2010 was, you know, kind of what, unfortunately what Minnesota is doing with the, the kind of regional, the like club the cl- club and country model, the um, yeah. country club model or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> where they had basically, it. because Philadelphia and John Hackworth was the guy that kind of put this together. Uh, he doesn't get, no one talks about how John Hackworth really built the foundation for what the fil- the union are doing now. Who's in St. Louis now? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So that's a, that's a, that's an important, yeah, I guess they haven't announced it, but that's an important piece of this, right? Mm -hmm. And it's important to let people know in St. Louis that this is in John Hackworth's wheelhouse. And so he was kind of the guy who set about to, you know, look at the clubs in the area and say like, Hey, look, we're trying to build this Academy. Um, The best way to start, because you, you know, this is a start as a team is is tough, especially in a place like Philly where you have so many established youth clubs, so much history. I mean, you go back and like our history and youth, development dates back to you know the early part of the uh, 19th or 20th century and mm-hmm. you know lighthouse is one of the famous youth clubs in the country right that built some of these players like walt barr and uh you know some of these other like legends of the game so um you know there's a lot of history in philly and so john hackworth kind of like created this model where you have players from fc delco players from pda players from pa classics coming in and they had like a you know training model where they would come in and then they'd put teams together like they did with uh, that successful 2012 GA cup team that Zach (laughs) Stefan was a goalkeeper for. And they won penalties to beat Toronto in the final out. And I think it was in Seattle at the time in 2012 and Jim Curtin was the head coach of that team. So, um, you know, really was like, you know, like I said, John Hackworth kind of putting that together. And then they, they kind of built on that model with the, you know, joining the DA development Academy in uh, 2013 and that was when they really kind of started this program. Uh, that's when they opened officially opened YSC Academy, the school. They had, had kind of a, like a, sort of like what LA uh, Galaxy has, like a sort of like a training, like a learning center model before that. And then they decided, mm-hmm. Richie Graham and company decided that, you know, the best model was to actually have like a fully functioning high school complete with lockers that have yeah. the union logo on them. So um, that was, I think, probably just, you know, again, you know, they were building a foundation, um and they didn't produce a whole lot of players from that it was early days. Uh unfortunately they didn't they had a chance to sign Zach Steffen and that didn't happen. But then, you know, you saw Zach uh Zach Pfeffer, uh Jimmy McLaughlin who's still still kicking it at Louisville, and then um, Christian Hernandez, which was a weird a weird Peter Novak uh invention, um kind of skirting the MLS rules for that one. So um so early on in the actual like DA phase of the program they they were they had a um they had a scout uh based in Michigan and they had a you know guy who's now with Inter Miami who was uh you know really heavily involved in in recruiting players and so you saw players early in the days like Raheem Taylor Parks coming in from Uh, from out of the area you saw um you know a a host of other players who you know um justin mcmaster was a player who was recruited to the academy
0: yeah so so haven't they brought in guys from like other countries as well to at least start in the academy i don't know if they claim them as homegrowns or anything but i thought that was something else that was pretty big with them i mean internationally is a little tricky because uh, you know they need
1: an itc and uh so unless there's um you know, like uh, Patrick uh, Bowie, who's with Cincinnati. Uh, you know, he's he's you know one of those ones where that he was part of the academy long before he could play because of yeah. you know, ITC clearance. So he actually made his debut in the GA Cup, which is you know it's not the DA. So he was able to play in an MLS event, kind of like as a guest player. Then they were able to kind of clear him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he had a, you know a parent in the US, so a lot of these players that okay, you know, are internet like they have an international. Uh, you know, Jaron Nixon was a player early in the early in the days of the Academy. His dad was a Trinidad and Tobago legend. So okay. yeah, relocated to Georgia. Um, so you know, early they they had some hot spots like before these teams started, like you know, Georgia, where they, they got Yosef uh Samuel, who's playing internationally now. Um, you know, Florida, uh Michigan, they were able to kind of target some of these locations where there
0: weren't clubs but this Uh, isn't something that's happening like regularly that's something i meant to ask you about before we started but that's good to know um because you know everyone's going to get away with what they can obviously (laughs) as you've illustrated multiple times already um one thing i want to ask you about was uh, minnesota united you mentioned their model and then obviously you guys have a full model you mentioned you know high school and everything right um so st louis city interestingly is doing kind of what Hackworth is doing in that way. I know that's what it was doing. And I know that's one reason they brought him in. I think our sporting director, Lutz Spanish with, that was his idea too, as well, to kind of bring in from already existing um, academies in the area. Right. And so we're only going to have like a U15 and up um, as far as official MLS Academy players. And then below that, they're going to pull from the local academies. Is that, exactly what minnesota is doing or is that a little different like maybe a hybrid of what you guys are
1: yeah i mean my understanding yeah with minnesota is it's they you know they're really kind of letting the the local clubs uh develop the players and then they'll bring them in for you know tournaments or you know events and that kind of thing i I haven't i haven't i mean lately information about other academies last since the mls next started a little bit a little bit murky uh in terms of like figuring out the structure with COVID and stuff. But that was my understanding is it's not exactly the club and country model that the union had, but it's has a similar feel where you're kind of putting a lot of the like day to day training uh, games on weekends on the local clubs. And then you're sort of bringing them into your environment to kind of add additional training, add additional opportunities for tournaments and you know that's actually been to the union's benefit with the darbo um you know considered one of the top prospects at that age um he's playing with the U- union too uh, <laughs> and you know playing with the u17 so um you know he was one in several at like columbus got a couple guys like i mean basically all the you know a lot of the players they had that were top prospects kind of scattered after that that announcement came down um so yeah, I mean it's been beneficial to <laughs> yeah to the union, but it is it's a different um, you know, and I I mean i'm 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 not a fan of one size fits all so uh, I think agree you know, if that's if that's what they've figured out is is good for them, and it's good for them. it's just it's sad when you see a guy like Caden Clark not playing for Minnesota United and you know a guy like Bajong not you know going with the local team so, even though it does benefit in this case, you know, for the union or for Red Bulls, uh, you know, there's something really cool about these players that coming up with their local team, but also if it's not a good fit, that they have an opportunity elsewhere to sort of maybe a different system. Um, You know, the territory thing, I, you know, I kind of go back and forth on like, is it, is, is it fair from a free market standpoint? No. To like, just like automatically arbitrarily assign a kid to a team, based on what their address is but at the same time like i think you know teams should try to that that should there should be like you know an ideal situation for teams to have like the for kids to have a chance who want to play for their local club to have that opportunity and i don't know how you work that out with you know all the byzantine rules of mls but that is something that i'm i'm interested in Generally, I I love the, the, I'm like such a local newspaper guy, you know, (laughs) like the good, the good local story, um, uh, you know, whatever possible. But I recognize, too, though, that that, the teams are going to have different identities and different approaches that are going to benefit, you know, one player over another, uh, depending on their skill
0: set. Absolutely. Any other thoughts? I got out what I wanted to hear about. I wanted to hear about Aaron. I wanted to hear what your thoughts were about Minnesota United's kind of model versus unions versus St. Louis's. Uh, any other thoughts before we go for fans of a new expansion club?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think the schooling model is something that I would love to see more, more, more teams pick up on because, you know, that's really a big factor that, that the Philadelphia Union has. Yeah. Uh, maybe they don't want me talking about this uh, but that that's been a feather in their hat is like ultimately when you're talking to parents and you know I, I have two children you know you're a parent like you know thinking about like sending your kid across <laughs> country uh, for f fourteen or whatever yeah. um, the-, the thought that there's gonna they're gonna be in an academic environment that's suited that's like structured around training two training sessions a day and that the people that they have at that that school are just very, uh, very invested. Um, I mean, they're fans of, this, of their soccer, but they're mostly invested just in them as people yeah. and them like pursuing like their interests and, in, uh, you know, academically and otherwise just hobbies outside of soccer. And so I think that model has been really beneficial just to have, um, you know, these kids like have their, individual education plans on top of their individual development plans as players. And I, you know, I would love to see more, more teams having their own little schools like that, that, that really, um, you know, that, that, that really, you know, cause this whole, like the idea of the, you know, you go to a school somewhere and then you travel to training every day. Like I just think it, it gets clunky and, you know, residency programs, which the union have that could be, fraught with all sorts of things that uh, you know that that's a piece i think that, that that all the teams that do it are probably constantly trying to work through like how do you create a residency program that's um that works that yeah. doesn't um you know it's sort of like how do you get a bunch of boys living together and not have problems <laughs> <laughs> and then when problems arise how do you like how do you address some of just the social of course yeah um, social aspects of things the pressures that i mean there's just immense pressure on these kids. I mean, I just mm-hmm. can't, like, I can't imagine uh, the pressure that they're under. And you know, they sign up for it, right? So, yeah, exactly. Um, but at the same time, again, like looking at all the other aspects of their um, uh, as individuals, and I really do look at these young people as individuals. I, I, I root for them, um, you know, to 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 do well at whatever they pursue and um you know i want i want what's best for these young people because because i recognize that they're not really normal kids mm-hmm. uh, i tell them that like, when i talk i'm like you know you're not normal like I mean, maybe you don't need me telling you that but like you know you have you know you're doing something really awesome like i think the kids we celebrate are the kids that like rise like the cream rises at to the top yeah. but like all of them i think are worth celebrating in the sense that they're 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 doing a part in building the game in this country and they're Setting an example for the younger kids of like this is what it looks like to um, basically train as a professional at fourteen, mm-hmm. at fifteen, at sixteen. This is what it's like to balance school and life and stay out of trouble. And all yeah, of those right. Be um, humble. There. Yeah, yeah. Be humble. Yeah, that's a huge part of it because um, totally the game will humble you at some point. So you you might as well work on the humility before you <laughs> <True>. get, <laughs> get there.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. They should wear it as a badge of honor. I completely agree. And I like your, I love your input about all of the Academy stuff you've been around the block. Obviously you're, you're very invested in, and you enjoy uh, knowing and talking to all these kids and the parents and coaches and everything. So Matt, thank you so much for joining me, Matt, uh, Matt Ralph of the brotherly game. Um, it's always fun. And I'm sure we'll be talking again in the future.
1: Great. Yeah. And I just want, one other thing to add was, you yeah. know the St. Louis folks were at, uh, we're here at a game at, at our training field and down in Chester. And that was, that was cool to see the, you know, again, that sharing of information uh, that I think Holy is cow. so important. So, um, you know, and I know there's a connection between Ernst and, and, and the sporting director there and uh, some people involved in the team, yeah. but it's just really cool to kind of see how there is such a collaboration across the league. Obviously it's a single entity league. Like, you know, there's, um, structurally it is but that doesn't mean these guys have to talk to each other no <laughs> so, not at all um, so it's always great when they do and they build those relationships because yeah. again i think they're all together can raise the level of the game not just for MLS but for certainly for USL and for uh, NISA and these other leagues that are that are that are so important to the game
0: I totally agree yeah they did take that trip to Philly and DC and Kansas City and not sure what else but um, you know picking some good ones there for sure so <laughs> All right, man. Thanks again, Matt. Uh, We'll talk soon.